All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life Around the Table today. Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring Reformed Church with us. How are you? Good to be here. Glad I'm, to be here. I'm glad you're here, too. Uh, and <laughs> See, I can say yeah, that to him. Yeah, I, I just and can't. Then he, and then he's going to take <laughs> shots <laughs> at me right, right out, out of the gate. Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale. No, I am happy. I'm miserable you. and I don't want to be here. <laughs> Is that what you want to hear? Yes. Okay, yes. good. Very good. I'm Josh Bales, one of your co-hosts uh, from The Well Church, and then we have a special guest today, Pastor Matt Masevich. So this is the third day. When do I stop being a special guest? Oh, you're always a special guest. Compared to the, the, the regular <laughs> Compared to us, you're very <laughs> special. We're just happy to have you here with us. Because I'm the today. Baptist. I'm special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, are you gonna, so you're from um, Sovereign Grace uh Christian Fellowship in Nampa, your Reformed Baptist Church. Are you going to get in trouble? Because you're a Credo Baptist and you're hanging out with Pado Baptists. Are, is your elder board going to like? Is that going to be a problem? They think he's on a mission. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what that's what we're telling them. Trying to convert yeah. us. Yeah, I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. One of them's on the edge. I'm not sure which one though. <laughs> Well, um, we have been going through questions, um, answering objections to Christianity um, in this series that we're currently in the middle of. So the question today is, is it, it, isn't it arrogant to assume that Christianity is the right or the only religion? I can't tell you how many times this has been said to me that uh, it's so arrogant for you Christians to assume that Christianity is the only right religion. So is that charge true? Are we really guilty of arrogance? You know, I heard Greg Kokel, who is an apologist, one time say, he said, um, Jesus is the only way because he is the only one that solves the problem. And if Christ is the only one that solves the problem, and the problem is sin and death, then it is not arrogant to say that Christ is the only way. That literally is our mandate as pastors, is to proclaim Christ and Christ crucified and risen. So, so no, but we can be arrogant on how we do that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's where the sin comes in. Mm-hmm. The process here is that as a Christian, we believe that the Bible is the authoritative word of God. We believe in a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus was sent of the Father, and Jesus came as the second person of the trinity and made a declaration that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but by me. So if we're true to our our belief system, and we believe the authoritative word of God, we believe that Jesus Christ is God, the second person of the trinity, and he declared that nobody can come to the Father but by him, to be faithful to our belief system, we have to believe that Christianity is the only way, is the only um, belief system that solves the sin problem, and that if there were other ways to get to the Father, we would embrace them. Yeah. So but there, there aren't. There was one conversation that Jesus had with a rich young ruler once, um, where Jesus seem to proffer a different way to, to heaven. Uh, the rich young ruler asked him, um, good teacher, um, what must I do to inherit, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered him, well, you know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he said, 
teacher, I've done all these things from my youth. And then Jesus looked at him with love and said, one thing you lack, go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But the man was deeply dismayed by these words, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Jesus was kind of a form of reductio ad absurdum, where he said, okay, you think that you're able to follow the law? Then here's the law. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to get to heaven by following law, here it is. And Jesus just uncovered the mm-hmm. fact that the man actually never kept the law. If you if you don't want to go through Jesus, then here's the way. You have to be perfect, absolutely yeah. perfect in every way. Yeah, it's salvation by works, <coughs> and you know we believe in we believe in salvation by works, but the work of another, the work of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, we we all claim that the the commandments can be summarized really with how Jesus told us that it's to love God and to love our neighbor. Well, to love God means that we believe him, we obey him, we trust him. Um, And to love our neighbor is to speak the truth to them in love. Um, So if I love God, I have to accept what his word says. If I love my neighbor, I have to speak truthfully to them. And so if I really do believe that the only way a person can be saved, that they can not spend eternity in hell is through the person and work of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. then I need to tell them that. I, I have to be able to speak that truth to them in a way that hopefully isn't arrogant. We can do it poorly. Um, yeah. Matt mentioned this earlier. I mean, we can be arrogant in how we hold to our beliefs. But the point is, if we really love our neighbor and we know that we have the only solution that is necessary for them, well, then how do we figure out a way to communicate to them that truth in a way that helps break down some of the the barriers, breaks down some of the stumbling blocks, and points them to Jesus Christ? Well, the thing I think that's that's on the Christian side when we engage in evangelism is that um, they, the person in front of us have a conscience and that conscience bears witness um, to the truthfulness of the Christian message. When when we say, um, "Here's the law," you've broken the law. Their conscience, even if their mouth is saying, "No, I'm not a sinner. I'm not guilty," mm-hmm. their conscience is agreeing with with the words mm-hmm. of the preacher. Charles Spurgeon used to say that uh, the preacher's best a friend. <laughs> He he was just not mature yet. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon used to say that um, the conscience is the preacher's best friend, yes. and it's the best friend of the evangelist as well. When we're sharing the gospel, we just we we can have confidence that they know what we're saying actually is true. It's it's interesting. I've just sat across the table from people that will say, "I I actually think that Christianity works for you, and I think that's a good fit for you. It it just it's not a good fit for me." And then they go on to say this, don't you think it's arrogant that you think I need what you have? Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll acknowledge all of these things, but then they, they end up here where they're saying, you're trying to impose your beliefs on me, and I'm willing to say that works great for you. Yeah. And then they come out with the moral high ground of they're, <laughs> they're gracious, um, they're tolerant, and then I'm, I'm just not. Yeah. I, well, I think it behooves us as 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 we share the gospel to remember that the offense is the cross, and the, and to allow the cross to be the offense rather than ourselves. I, you know, all of us have met 
offensive Christians, um, arrogant Christians. Ain't that truth? There's some people in here. <laughs> yeah. And I and I think. That, Sorry, I didn't mean to get you off. <laughs> well, me too. I mean, I've been there. Uh, but I th- but I think that you know, in the the end, we want to leave them with the offense of Christianity, Amen. which is the cross. Uh, and 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 uh, Paul would say, you know. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, a folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the, the gospel has an aroma. Yeah. It's either the aroma of life or it's the aroma of Exa- death. Exactly, and let and let that be the part, and not me, not not my my poor presentation or. Um, my arrogant pr- presentation, my haughty cr- presentation, it needs to be the cross of Christ. Yep. Amen. So I was just thinking um, in Acts 17, when we have Paul speaking to Athens, he's looking at literally all of the idols, all of the belief systems of the people of Athens. And it wasn't arrogant for him to say um, that. Uh, being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and the imagination of man. And then notice he says, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere mm-hmm. to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world uh, in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. That is the gospel proclamation. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that if we're going to be faithful to the apostolic command, and, mm-hmm. and even more so than that, the command of Christ to go into all the world, we have to risk being perceived as as being arrogant in saying that Christ is the only way. Mm-hmm. Um, even though every belief system has a moral claim to being right. So let's just be honest about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. Right. I often just when I'm talking to people that have different beliefs, I, I I would say to them, of course I think I'm right, or otherwise I wouldn't hold these beliefs. Right. I said that's not arrogant. That's just being logically faithful and mm-hmm. consistent. Of course you think you're right, or otherwise you wouldn't hold your beliefs. Yeah. I said I I don't think that that in and of itself boils down to arrogance. I I think that's just a mm-hmm. fact of of mm-hmm. life. Um, Matt and I disagree on some things with regard to the particulars of our faith. Well, I I believe I'm right. Um, he believes You're so he's right. Arrogant. Um, that's just being that's just being consistent. And so I think we need to be able to talk with other people that don't share the same beliefs and understand that it's not pride that has you hold a belief. It's it's a conviction. Yeah. And, and those are two different things. And so I think that might even be helpful when you're talking to other people yeah. um, because you can't believe two mutually exclusive things and both be right. Yeah. Logic still works in this world. You, you mentioned, uh, I think, Greg Kokel on yesterday's broadcast. He has a great little book called Tactics in Defending the Faith. Really attractive cover. It has like a chessboard on it. Yep. And uh, Kokel is a he's a cowboy. The book's no good, but the the cover is <laughs> yeah. very good. Yeah. That's a <laughs> cover great is beautiful, but it's just junk. No. Um, so, That's what I thought you were getting no, at. No, no, no. no. So Kokel is a, is a Calvinist. So he believes that 
um, unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Spirit gives the new birth, that um, a person cannot regenerate themselves, they cannot save themselves. It's, it's, it's completely in the hands of the sovereign God. However, um, there are ways he do, God does use means to deliver that word. And you can be... Um, you can be a hammer or to everybody where you see everybody is a nail or you can be the uh, uh, instrument in the redeemer's hands where you're actually applying a proper you know approach to different people well, and i think he does that well in that yeah, book. some Absolutely. plant some water but the lord gives the increase yeah. yeah yeah i think the scripture tells us that we are to be workmen approved and and so that gives the sense that as we engage in the work of proclamation of the truths of God's word, you can be a workman that's not approved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you can do it in a wrong way, in a wrong spirit, in a wrong manner that, that actually does more harm than good. And so I think we need to be careful as, as we engage with proclamation of the truth that we continue to do it with truth and love. Yeah. We, just, but we don't let the world define whether we're doing it faithfully or not. We let the scripture define yeah. whether we're doing yep. it. There faithful. are a lot of metaphors throughout scripture that you know speak about our witness. You know, we're to be salt and light. We're to we're to season society and we're to bring light to society. Um, and uh, we read in Proverbs when the righteous pros- when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When you're when there's certain goodness happening around you, everybody's happy. I'm happy I live in Boise and not in Southside Chicago. Yeah, you know there's something said about a certain amount of righteousness that exists here. That's right. Yeah. Well, you have been listening to the Gospel for Life. If you've missed any of these uh, podcasts, just go subscribe to the Gospel for Life. You can get caught up. Uh, we're thankful that you have been listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>